Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to everyone's favorite show about plastic surgery, health, and beauty. This is Nip Talk, and we got a barn burner today. First off, the future of breast reconstruction. It's in question. We're going to talk about that. Then, have you ever wanted to get tongue splitting surgery? We got a surgeon that's going to do it for you. And finally, we're going to talk about some warnings about sports supplements. Sarah, can't wait to hear about that one. It's coming up right now. Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle with your host, plastic surgeon Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co-host, entrepreneur and social media influencer Sarah Bennett. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so, so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. With me, as always, is the great Sarah. Hi. How you doing, Sarah? In the Good. box, as Trelvis, as always, how are you, sir? Hey, what's happening? What's happening? Not much. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Sarah, off vacation. How yeah. was it? Um, it was super fun. Was I it? loved it. Anything memorable happen? Or? I got a band to sing one of my favorite songs. Oh, okay, this is interesting. You know I love music. So. Yeah, The Darkness, I believe in a thing called love. That's one of my favorite songs. Really? I always request it. And nobody knows it. And I always it, sing probably, it right? for karaoke. Oh, you do? Not many people Wait, are you know a karaoke it. person? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that about you. <laughs> Listen, are you singing now? No. Yeah, you go, go sing a few bars. <laughs> um, we're going to have to go in the back and get the alcohol then. <laughs> I, I, I'm on the way. <laughs> it's one of those shows. It's starting now. Uh, well, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. So that it's always was nice fun. to go on vacation. Yeah. yeah. And I got some new boots. Got some white boots that like go up to here. Get out. Some more cowboy boots. But, yeah. You have to wear them on the show. I, you know, I love clothing, so oh. I want to see these like awesome. We are boots. going to. They're, they actually just came yesterday, so it was just. I'm just. It's so hot outside, and the thought yeah, of putting boots so on was like. Speaking of really cool stuff, I didn't mention this. When I went on vacation, I bought some, I don't really like usually spend money on shoes, but I told you guys I was like, you know, gambling and stuff. And so mm -hmm. I had this cash and I was like, well, I'll maybe buy myself. So I bought a pair of like really cool, like sneakers. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, they're Gucci sneakers, but okay. But I don't really buy stuff like that ever. I mean, I usually wear like, you know, Asics runners or I wear, uh, uh Your boots. like, uh, yeah, motorcycle boots. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I need a pair of like, that's kind of like part of my jam, you know, it's like some kind of retro look. They almost look like Jordans. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I'll have to wear them up here. I, I do like them. They're pretty cool. I wear them with jeans, but I don't wear them like to work or anything. No. Yeah. You mess them up. But I want to see your boots. Oh, they're going to be worn for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, when nice. it cools off. Yeah. It's, I, I, you know. I'll have to wear it with like a dress or it's something. It's so funny. I always, I always feel like in Texas, like once September 1st rolls around, the tempers like start to go down pretty quickly. I'm, yeah, I'm looking outside and when I'm looking outside at my house, I'm like, are the trees dying because, Dude, and I, the leaves are falling or is it because it slightly has changed in temperature? I don't know. I, I can tell you know. that my yard looks like my, the leaves in my, fire. <laughs> no, mine does too. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, but the leaves in my yard are, there's leaves in my yard now. Really? And I'm like, is is, are the trees are, are dying? They <laughs> They're like, oh, we can't, we can't do this anymore. We're going to just sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> the trees committed suicide. Yeah. It's so hot. Yeah. So I, I obviously I don't want to talk about politics on our show because it's not a politics show. But I mean, we, we have to at least mention the Donald 
Trump mugshot. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's so, so many memes. So, right. As soon as I heard it was going to be, you know, last night, I was like just waiting for it. Because like, I want to be like the first one to make a plastic surgery meme about Donald Trump. All right. So, this is what I came up with. Roll that thing. There we go. <laughs> when oh someone God. tells me my Botox is wearing off. Oh so, God. I was trying, I was, you know, I spent the whole day, this is like, you know, how my brain works. I spent the whole day thinking of like, okay, what's he going to do in his mugshot? Is he going to be like laughing like this is no big deal? Or is he going to be like smirking like, you know, I'm going to, Get you he guys. looks like he just like gotten like he's like bashful about it. Like he just got. I think he looks like, like kind of angry. Slapped. He looks kind of. He looks kind of like you know. Looks like a mugshot that like Johnny Cash or somebody would have, where he's just kind of <laughs> angry. Mean about mug. The whole. He literally is mean mugging. But man, dude, like the internet exploded today with all the memes, you know. But I was like on the forefront of that. I want you guys to know. Yeah, that, that was one posted was good. last night, like 30 minutes after that. After, I had like a little alert. It said mugshots up. Oh, get to the meme factory. Let's make that. Yeah, baby. that yeah. one was good. There was some that I liked that were about like your your astrology sign. So it was like oh, for really? like Leo, it was like when somebody tells you to stop talking about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> or... it, was, it was Trump's picture yeah. with like, oh, oh my gosh. I'm not yeah. gonna look for that. I love like those little funny like astrology things. Those are like hilarious. So yeah. I'm gonna pull those up. I feel like everybody can relate to all of them, yeah. but still. Anyway, well, yeah, like I said, I'm not really into talking about politics on this show, but I mean, that was barely shops. politics. Yeah, I mean, it's more like, <laughs> you know, it's more like pop, pop culture now. <laughs> like, yeah, at this point, it's gonna be interesting next year. Um, you know, I, I always like like political season just because it's almost like entertaining to see, you know, how things play out. So this one's going to be like a barn burner with like him and like, is he going to get the nomination? What's going to happen? I don't know. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. So it'll be entertaining. I, like I said, we're going to steer away from it. But, you know, we can like maybe. I feel like he made the face on purpose. Oh, I, dude. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, I wondered how long he like stood in front of the mirror like, OK, this is going to be my mugshot picture. Like, <laughs> I mean, him, like, at the end of the day, he's a businessman. So it's like. Well, did you know he that knows he, um, how, I mean, like, obviously he knows, like, any attention is good attention. Right. Yeah, there he knows this bad publicity. Yeah, he He actually care. posted on Twitter for the first time in, like, what is it, two or three years, I, I guess? Know. Three years. It's because Elon Musk took it over, right? Uh, yeah, so Elon Musk unbanned him. But yeah. he hadn't posted, because I, I, what I heard was is that he had some sort of exclusive contract with, like, a fake Twitter, like, Truth Social, or I don't know, Mastodon, one of those things. Oh, like, for, like... And so he couldn't tweet because he had like the exclusive rights to there, but he did post his, his mugshot. And it got, uh, I saw those things, it said it was getting something like 10 or 15 million views per hour. That's yeah. crazy. I also saw on the internet that they released the people that convicted him, the addresses. And so people oh, have really? been like- Dude, it's, it's wild, man. Crazy like, people, the crazies. It's freaking crazy. Like it's getting crazier. Like I, I've said it was crazy like five or 10 years ago. It's getting even more crazy out there. It's nuts. Internet, dangerous place. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, well, let's move into some topics. we got some pretty cool stuff today. So uh, starting out, this one actually is a really, really good plastic surgery topic, and it's something I, I know a lot about, and it's, and it's about breast reconstruction. And, man, I, this is going to piss off some plastic surgeons. Like, if this gets around, there's some plastic surgeons who are going to be mad at some of the things I'm going to say. But it's something I've been saying for, like, a decade. So... Um, what this is about is a recent article that came out that was talking about the potential changes to the insurance reimbursements for certain types of breast reconstruction. So that says autologist. So that's basically when you're using your own tissue to do reconstruction. Mm -hmm. And they've had surgeries like that for decades. Um, the first one, well, the first two big ones were the tram flaps, which is using 
the fat from your tummy and the muscle to rotate up, and the latissimus flap, which uses fat and muscle off your back to like rotate in. And so the autologist reconstructions have been around for forever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and kind of looking at the history, like, like when I started plastic surgery in the mid 2000s, reconstructions weren't phenomenal. Like, you know, I, they were starting to get a little bit better at that time, but in the years previous to that, most reconstructions were just, let's get something on the chest so that when a woman, you know, puts a bra on, you know, I, these are after mastectomies, right? Yeah. So just to clarify, these are after women gets mastectomies. You know, the reconstruction was just trying to get something there so they could wear a bra and look normal and clothes. Yeah. So technology started getting better in the mid 2000s and we started using the uh, expander balloons to inflate the skin to kind of restore that shape and then we were using silicone implants and also a thing that really helped is the surgeons doing the mastectomies learned that they didn't have to go crazy removing tissue mm -hmm. like was done in the 80s and 90s they used to call it a radical mastectomy because it would take all of the skin all the breast tissue the muscle the nipple i mean just everything was just gone yeah that's how and my it, grandmas were really yeah. yeah so when you do something like that reconstructing something when there's just nothing left is is really hard so what made a big difference in the reconstruction is the surgeons doing the mastectomies learned, hey, we don't have to do all that to get people cancer free. And so that kind of like was becoming a thing right about the time I started plastic surgery in the mid 2000s. And they started doing what's called skin sparing mastectomies, where instead of taking all the skin, they left as much skin as they could. And so, you know, the quality of the reconstruction started to really improve in the late 2000s and the early 2000, uh, 2010s. Um, and then they started doing nipple sparing mastectomies where they would, we just make an incision and just hollow out the breast to take mm -hmm. out the cancer and leave everything. And then, you know, I was getting some reconstructions that literally look like breast augmentations. Yeah. They, they look beautiful. And I, I should probably should have brought some pictures, but if anybody's interested, I can, I can post those. But then what happened is in the, well, it started coming around in the late 2000s as well. A new type of autologous surgery came out called the DEEP flap, D-I-E-P, which is just an acronym for the blood vessel, the deep inferior epigastric perforator vessel that supplies okay. it. And so instead of doing, taking the muscle, which has the blood supply and the fat, people mm -hmm. just started taking the fat and then the blood vessel and then hooking it into a blood vessel in the chest. And we called that a, a, a free flap or a free tissue transfer where you're actually cutting the blood vessel and then instead of rotating on its blood vessel, you, you cut it off and you sew it to a different one to supply the blood. And so I did a few of those in training and I didn't really ever like them. I mean, one, you know, that's a super, super complex surgery. And then usually when you do reconstruction, you want to start with the simplest plan, not the most complex. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that was a problem is that the results were never that great. And, and that's not just like what we were doing, that's everyone. The results are just not phenomenal with them. And then there was a lot of potential complications with it. Yeah. So I never really bought into the deep flaps. I just thought Couldn't that you, they were- I would, I would think the way you described it, you could like see the, the, um, like the difference in skin. You can, I mean that you're, you're right. And that goes along with any type where you bring in skin. Yeah. I mean that you, you, you can see that when you do like a lat flap on your back or whatever. Um, but you know, my biggest gripe about them was that one, the surgeries took forever. I mean, if you're doing one by yourself, like a bilateral one, it'd take eight hours. I mean, it's a huge yeah, OR you're talking time. About like connecting. Yeah. Like blood you're connecting vessels. blood vessels, using a microscope to do it. And then there was the risk of it, of the flap dying and, yeah. you know, and like the results were not great. And so when I left my plastic surgery training program to go to my breast fellowship, I worked with a guy named Dennis Hammond, guys like legendary world famous plastic surgeon. And so I asked him about it because this, you know, they were starting to pick up a little bit of steam at that time. I was like, what do you think about these? He's like, yeah, I don't think they're that great. And I was like, oh, cool. I don't think they're great either. 
And so we were kind of in agreement, which I, I thought was neat. So fast forward to kind of the mid 2010s, these things started to really increase in, mm -hmm. in popularity. And I, I got a couple, I think I have some little infographics. So, so this, this is just showing by year reconstruction. And all, it, all this one shows is that reconstruction from 2008 to 2020 was increasing in popularity, which makes sense. The technology was getting better. You know, uh, we could get better results. So the increase in reconstruction was expected. But go to the next one, Travis. That's the one that's the one I really want to show. Okay, so the blue line is the DEEP flap, the DIEP flap, and, and the other lines are actually the other autologists, so not the way I generally do reconstructions, but the other flap type procedures. And look what happened in 2018. Mm. Like there's a steady increase from 2010 to 2018, but in 2018, these, the use of these flaps went through the roof. And I'm gonna ask you guys, why do you think that was? And, um, and if you don't- I'm guessing they made some, some type of um new technology that was available, and so they were able to do it faster and cheaper? Well, it's, it's, you're, you're on the right track. It, oh. was, it was money. Oh. So what happened was, is people realized that the way that you code these flaps, okay, mm -hmm. a surgeon could get reimbursed $10,000 or more okay. for, for a single surgery. And even more crazy is the hospital, I looked this up, you know, the, pulled the data on what was the average hospital charge for somebody who got a deep flap? You wanna yeah. take a guess? How much? Throw a number out there. Twenty thousand. A hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand dollars. Oh well, you said it takes eight hours sometimes. Right. So and so people started realizing, and this is the part that'll piss people off, is you know suddenly this this flap, which I never really thought was a great way to do reconstruction, became insanely popular because people were getting a lot of money from doing it. In fact, you know, the hospital where I worked at, where I was doing a lot of reconstruction, really kind of brought someone else in that would do the flaps because I wouldn't. I was like, look, I'm getting results that look like a cosmetic surgery in a case that takes two hours. And, you know, it only charges the patient, you know, a small amount of money. Why in the world would you do this? Yeah. Well, money. And so what happened was, uh, you know, I basically kind of quit doing reconstruction as much because I wouldn't do these, do, do these flaps. And was so, there any benefit to it at all besides? So, I mean, if you want to like, you know, really be technical, the benefit of doing that flap over doing the way I do it, which is expanders to implants, is potentially you could do it in one surgery, which never works out because all those deep flaps always, almost always require revision. But the other thing is you avoid having implants, which, I mean, people get implants all the time. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. that big of a deal. I guess really the biggest advantage of the, the deep over the expander to implants, which I do, is if you have a girl that's, that's larger, sometimes you can run into a problem with the expander to implant that even with the biggest implant that you have, it doesn't fit their frame. And for those girls, they're obviously gonna you know, be a little bit fluffier around the, the center. You can actually get a pretty big reconstruction with the flap. Uh -huh. And that's really the only time that I feel like that they're an advantage to do. And so, and I actually have sent patients out. If I get the right patient where I'm like, look, you might consider doing this flap. I'll actually send them somebody that does them. Yeah. Um, but you know, the problem was is people were using them for every patient. Yeah. You know, because money, right? And so I predicted, I said this when this when it became clear what was happening, I was like, what's gonna happen is insurance companies are gonna figure this out 
and they're going to stop paying all this huge amounts of money for mm -hmm. this, and then suddenly no one's going to do deep flaps anymore. And I was talking to a general surgeon friend of mine just you know a couple few months ago, and she said, yeah, the plastic surgeons now are, are talking people out of deep flaps. And I was, oh, I wonder why that is. <laughs> well, it's because of that article that was yeah. posted. So what the article is saying is that the insurance companies are changing how these things are coded, and they're not going to pay these you know huge yeah. amounts of money for them. I guess there has to be like special circumstances yeah. now. Yeah. Like real circumstances. <laughs> so it's just funny that, you know, uh, I mean, not to say I was right, but I mean, I was right. Like what happened is that people started doing these and the insurance companies realized that they were paying huge amounts of money for these. And it's like not a moss. You called it. Yeah. Um, so, of course, we're not seeing that downtick yet, although anecdotally we are because, you know, I had a surgeon tell me, hey, they're trying to talk people out of these now. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, for a while everyone was pushing them. And, it, you know, and it's the thing with patients, like, I mean... It, you could talk a patient into anything. I mean, if I have three patients, I could talk to these three patients and, and, and tell them and talk them into three different surgeries for the same thing because patients rely on you. you know? yeah, you're, so yeah. it's how you explain things. So it was easy to talk these patients into it. And, and then like, there was like a lot of buzz about it, but now it's, 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 it hasn't happened yet, but, but I've, in the next year, we're going to see a downtrend in these, like a huge downtrend. Um, because I was looking at the numbers. So in 2010, they did 5,000 deep flaps. In 2020, they did 20, almost 25,000. The number just like went through the roof. Yikes. Yeah. But new data. New data, right. Well, it's just the insurance companies. Like yeah. they're saying that it's not, not, you know, they're not going to pay for it anymore. Um, which, you know, I, 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 I'm totally for this. I mean, you know, as I said, I, I believe in doing the simplest thing that you can do to get a good result without you know making these over complex and you know people are getting great results with these expander implants like i mean yeah. like i said i have photos of people in my in my office and if you looked at me like oh that's a breast augmentation like nope that patient had total mastectomies and you know we just got this really nice result for them yeah so um yeah it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out i i still do a little bit of breast reconstruction that one of the biggest reasons i don't is the girl that i was doing or the doctor i was doing most of them for she's she started slowing down and, and not work as much. And when they brought in a new person and they wanted the, the deep flaps, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not interested. So interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that they're changing yeah. their ways. Yeah, now. it was funny because, you know, back when I was in uh, plastic surgery training, really not a lot of people want to do reconstruction because it doesn't pay a whole lot. I mean, it's true. Like I, when I do a reconstruction, I mean, I, I think that I was getting reimbursed, you know, so well, that's because you can use insurance with reconstruction. Right, absolutely, right? Yeah. yeah. But I was getting reimbursed, like, you know, maybe, 1500 bucks to do these reconstruction cases. But the thing is, is these patients are more prone to have problems. It's the nature of the beast thing. You take out the breast, it, it really kind of injures the site. And so they're more prone to infections or breakdowns. A lot of them get radiation therapy, which mm -hmm. also is really bad for surgery and healing. Yeah. And so, you know, when you do a lot of reconstruction, you have patients that, you know, have to go back to surgery or you have to see them on the weekends. And so nobody wanted to do it back then. And I did it because I liked the challenge of it and I liked helping people. and. Um, but what's going to happen is now that, that the money's drying up, then no one's going to, you know, it's going to be a thing where not a lot of people are doing it anymore, which is yeah. sad. I probably will end up going back to doing it at some yeah. point, but, but interesting stuff. Yeah. Cause, uh, it is going to change a lot. And so you're going to see in the next year or two, the number of these flaps just kind of bottom out because why would you, you know, if they're doing it for money and the money dries up, like they're not going to yeah. keep well, doing just, them. I mean, to me, even though I'm not a doctor, it just sounds like if you don't need it then why are you doing it situation i mean that happens a lot in medicine honestly so. i mean you know un unfortunately medicine is just like 
you know, any other field where at the end of the day, it's, it's a business, it's a business, yeah. right? And people make decisions based on money. And, yeah. you know, I try not to do that. I, I, you know, I feel like there's enough money to be made by, do, you know, doing the right thing. Um, but, you know, not everyone thinks like that. Yeah. So anyway, interesting stuff. It is. All right. Okay, moving on to a lighter topic. Um, <laughs> have you ever heard of a surgery to split your tongue? Um, I have seen somebody like that. So, at like uh, a circus. You know, it's funny. I was uh, flipping through some articles, and there was actually an article about a plastic surgeon in Kentucky who is known for doing tongue splitting, Dr. Gene Loftus. I wonder if he does ears, too, the pointy ears. It's so funny you mentioned that because we are going to have an elf ear mention because the article talked about Grimes going onto the social media and asking about elf ears because it is a body modification. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think that this doctor does elf ears. So it's Dr. Gene Loftus, who's a board-certified plastic surgeon in Kentucky. Uh, I don't know who that is. I, I actually did my general surgery in Kentucky, so I know a lot of plastic surgeons up there, and um, I don't know who Dr. Loftus is, uh, but that doesn't mean a whole lot. But apparently she's been doing it for 15 years and is known for doing it to the point that people fly in from around the country for her to do tongue splitting surgeries. Hmm. Um, and uh, she says that her, her patients are extremely diverse. You know, uh, I guess most people would think that it's, you know, young kind of punk rock type yeah. people doing these, these tongue splittings. But apparently she reports that it's really, really diverse. She gets young people and old people and... Um, you know, people of all different, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds that, that do these body modifications. Um, yeah, if the the person that I saw that had that, he could move both sides. Right, yeah. By themselves. So I have a picture. Throw up that picture. This is from Dr. Loftus. Uh, this is one of uh, her patients. And so that's, yeah, doing exactly that. Where they're, where they're... Um, Dang, they're young if they got braces, too. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, the person's probably 20 years old. But yeah, pretty wild. So body modifications have been around forever, you know, greater than 5,000 years, actually, like tattooing and, you know, you know, doing things like the, the horns. Yeah, the guy, had, the guy had, yeah, the horns. The horns, yeah. He was supposed to, he wanted to make himself look like a lizard. He had right. Full of tattoos. And then. So tongue splitting has been around for about 30 years and it has become increasingly more, more popular. And historically, people would get body modifications at tattoo shops, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, I, I don't know how I... Well, I do know how I feel about it. I'm a little nervous about people getting, you know, surgery type stuff at a tattoo parlor. Yeah. I mean, no offense to versus like piercing. Yeah, versus a piercing. I mean, this is a little bit more than that because you know, if you got a, a bad infection of your tongue, I mean, that could be pretty debilitating. Um, so this Dr. Loftus uh, decided that she was going to start doing them uh, in surgery, uh, and she does some under local, which I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, the one thing about the tongue is that it does bleed a lot. Um, mm. I know that from doing, you know, intraoral surgery and trauma and whatnot. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of blood vessels in the tongue. And so I'd be a little nervous about doing it under local anesthetic with a patient awake, because if it were to start bleeding and the blood were to run down, you know, the back of the throat, that potentially could, could be an issue. So I don't know how I feel about that, but, uh, it makes me cringe. Cause all I think about is like how bad it hurts when you like bite your tongue know, and right. then like how much you like can't eat certain things oh yeah i'm sure that there's I'm like, like a very oh, strict um i don't think i could do that post-op regimen of like you know your diet and whatnot and i'm in the tongue swells too you know uh when you when you work on it so it, it would be it would be pretty uncomfortable i but, like food too much but she says that it costs about thirty five hundred dollars to get your tongue split 
so if you guys are thinking about it and you want to know how, how much it I costs. think he would. <laughs> Travis, you thinking about tongue splitting? No? <laughs> you know me. He's <laughs> <laughs> wild. Elf ears and tongue splitting. That's what I'm about, man. <laughs> but yeah, I do think that, you know, if people are thinking about it, that having it done by a surgeon is the, is the safest thing. And I, you know, I was wondering, like, um, maybe I should start doing these. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, you, do one, live, you do live near Denton. I think people. <laughs> people in Denton might want it, you know. People would. Um, there, some, there, some the only thing about doing tongue there. splitting is it, it sounds like when people do it, they want it split really far. Mm. Uh, that's what she said that commonly people ask for. But there's some functional problems with splitting the tongue. You can get into issues with like how you talk, like you can start to affect your speech. Um, uh, that was like the biggest thing was was the speech effects. But it might potentially affect you know your ability to eat and stuff if you if you split it, uh, which I think is a way that is another reason that having a surgeon do it is a good idea. And, you know, the really interesting thing about tongue splitting is it's completely reversible. Mm. You know, if you do it and you don't like it, you can just, you know, take that split and you 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 basically open up each edge and pull it together and sew it and you can completely reverse it. Oh, wow. Mm. So maybe there'll be a market in the future for tongue splitting reversal surgeries. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Based on the picture yeah. that, that you have, do you have the, the, like when you split the tongue, do you have the control to like control each side? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I think that I've seen videos of people do that. Because um, yeah. there's this overlapping, like they're yeah. doing it on purpose. So it's Yeah, just, well, I think that, I think what she's probably doing is like trying to roll her tongue. Oh, like, yeah. Like, can you guys roll your tongue? I cannot. Mm -hmm. You can't. Really? Some people no, can't. I'm not able to. Yeah, I'm not able to. <laughs> My okay. mom can't. Yeah, I, I figure like if you have like a split tongue and you either, you know, do a wave with your tongue or, or roll it, like it probably does all kinds of weird things. I wonder if Absolutely. people, I wonder if people that do these modifications are the ones that are like can do the weird stuff with their tongues. I don't know. I you wonder know? if they can whistle, right? Because, you know, you think about how you whistle, like you kind of put your tongue up in the front of your mouth. Mm. Well, I, I guess I do. I don't know if like other people do that. I wonder if you can whistle if you have a split tongue. That's know. an interesting question. I put my tongue, my tongue's like, like on my teeth. Oh, really? I don't know. I feel like it might, I feel like it might affect your ability to do that. I don't know. I'm going to have to find out. But anyway, I thought that was really, it's really I interesting. I hope I don't I, find out. I'm glad to see that, you know, for people that want to do body mods, that there are surgeons out there that can, that will do it because I, I mean, like I said, no offense to our friends that are tattoo parlors. I love tattoos but it's not really a place to have yeah, get your tongue pierced there not yeah it's, it's not really a place to you know i haven't seen too many people with their tongues pierced in a while that I was a that, big thing that in the fad 90s. like went out yeah in fact when i was in college me and a friend uh i had this lady friend we were thinking about going and doing it i was kind of like you know <laughs> i was kind of like edgy back in college oh. and, and so uh yeah we we almost went and did it and um but yeah. i had my belly button pierced and then when i was 19 i think mm -hmm. and then my, um, my wife did my mom told me that i needed to go take it out because she swore it had staff and then one day she's like we're going to care now we're gonna go really yeah we're going to get this thing Dude. out and i'm gonna it has staff and so this guy would like this big old, like this country doctor with a big old belt. I swear my mom just was like, tell her it's staff. It's <laughs> staff, it's staff. Yeah, so, he, so he literally just goes. Wait, yeah. how old were you in this house? I was 19, I didn't have oh, to do 19. it. Oh, you're 19. But my mom. My daughter's mom, hitting me up already for belly button piercing. I'm like, you're 12, like, wait, let's wait a few years. Uh, yeah, but anyways, I took it out. Yeah. It my wife, Hello, this bit. is a pretty good story. So um, when we were in our 20s and we were in residency, uh, my wife and her friends in an OBGYN uh, class, they pierced each other's belly buttons when they were at work one day. 
She like she went to work and she came home. And she's like, I have my belly button pierced. So like, wait, what? Did you go to tattoo parlor? Like, no, we just did it up at the hospital, like me and all the girls. I'm like, okay. Oh, did they just like go to like Claire's and go get like? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Get I, a little. I, thing. I don't know what got into them that you know. I was kind of like a little surprised that, that you know my wife. I mean, I mean, what? A, I mean, that's the best place to do. It, yeah, I guess. right. I mean, it's sterile. Yeah, absolutely. Get so. you a little the little clamps because that's what I don't remember is they get the little clamps. Like clamp your belly, your belly button, button and then yeah. they have like this little, and it just does it real quick. Yeah, you know it's funny. I uh, when I first started my plastic surgery practice, I, people used to pay me to pierce their kids' ears. Like people would go to a plastic surgeon to have them. I pierced Avery's ears. You did? Yeah. I pierced my daughter's ears. Um, I don't get that as much anymore, but. I think I put them too low on her though. Oh, did you? See, I do it all scientific. Like I measure the ear low. I tried to, but I think yeah. her. I think that she might have put in earrings that were too heavy for oh, her little right, ears. Oh, yeah. right, I do a lot of um, repairs of earlobes after they get pulled out. That's really, I do one of those about every month. Hmm. It's yeah. really common. I might have to re-pierce All right. those ears. Tongue splitting, what do you think? You gonna have it done? You want me to do it? Come see me, I, I'll, I might consider it. I don't know, I've never done one, but it ain't rocket science. I mean, it, it can be done pretty easily, so. Yeah. I may have to add that to my repertoire. Yeah. I can just see the surgery center, like, when I, brought my first tongue splitting surgery. You're like, what? What do you want to do what? Like, was this a reconstruction? No, this no, is something no. he wanted. <laughs> okay, our last topic. I'm really interested to see what you think about this topic. Yes. Do you take any sports supplements? I know you're a workout yeah, queen. Yeah, I take protein all the time. Protein, okay. And I take pre-workout. Okay, so do you know what active ingredients are in it? Um, Kind of. Okay, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to circle back with me on this one. Okay, this this next segment is about new warnings for sports supplements. There was a recent research uh, paper that came out. I think I got the uh, the the thing on that. Yeah, uh, this is actually it was a multi uh, multi center study. Harvard Medical School was one of them. Uh, several uh, other medical schools all got together, and what they did is they wanted to look at these sports supplements to see if the ingredients that were listed on the label were actually in them, mm -hmm. which is a great idea. I mean, sports supplements is a huge, in, a huge uh, industry. I think it's a $15 billion annual industry these days. I mean, that's, that's huge money. And you know, with social media, people are all into working out and posting videos of CrossFit or you know, running or whatever, and people want to have the best results that they can get. And so a lot of people do turn to supplements to help them. And there's some research out there that shows that the individual ingredients for these sports supplements actually do work. That, you know, mm -hmm. So I, that was my first question. I was like, do these things actually work? And there is data to support that they do. Now, that doesn't mean that, uh, that it's some miracle thing, right? But there yeah. is data to support that some of these things are helpful to increase the results from, from your workouts and to give you, you know, better outcomes. So, uh, I want to look up, I want to look up my, yeah, I mean, yeah. I want to know next week you have to tell me. So these things come okay. in pills, powders, drinks, there's all kinds of ways that these come. And, uh, the, these, this research group took 57 different supplements and they analyzed them using liquid chromatography and mass spectrometry. So basically these are tools that are used in chemistry to determine what is the makeup of a substance. I actually mm -hmm. did this stuff when I was in college in organic chemistry where we'd get a substance and you'd put it into the mass spectrometer and it'd give you this reading, you had to figure out you know, what it was. And they were checking for, uh, I'm gonna butcher these names, Arvomatoria, Methylabarine, <laughs> Turkesterone, Halostashine, and Octopamine. I have never heard of and any of those. And those are things you want 
Those are things you want. Okay. Because those are the active ingredients that are. One sounded like vomit. So I know. Cool. I was thinking the same thing. R vomitoria. <laughs> Who in the world would name something R vomitoria? This is good for you. It's named <laughs> yeah, after right. vomit. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so these were the substances they were they were looking for. Okay, those five because these are the ones that have recent research to show that that they're helpful. So of the fifty-seven substances or products that they analyzed with all this high in mm -hmm. chemistry. 23 of them, so 40%, did not have detectable amounts of the ingredients that were listed in the bottle. So like you get oh. a bottle that says, that, hey, this is, you know, our vomitoria, it's going to help you run fast or whatever. 40% of them didn't have any of it in them, like zero. Yeah. Of the remaining 34, so the other 60% that did have the active ingredient, the amount that they had in it ranged from 0.02% of what it said it had okay. up to 300%. So oh. like the amount that was in there was like just all over the map, like like undetectable levels up to three times the level. Um, of the 57 different supplements, only six of them, so 11%, had the actual accurate amount of the ingredient that the bottle listed. And, these are, and those are the ones we want? Yeah, it's so the six. ones you want. The only, six ones, though. Yeah, so six out of the, and it didn't list which individual ones, like it didn't give like a brand or, or anything, I know, right? Because uh, I actually looked at the actual article in pretty good detail, and it didn't, I didn't see where it listed them out. I may go back and check that, but I didn't see that it listed the actual names. Yeah, I take C4 pre-workout, so I wonder. It's, like, super basic. Is it? Well, like nothing I thought that was just really insane that of all of those different ones they tested, only roughly 1 out of 10 actually had the amount that it stated, and almost half didn't have any of it. Hmm. Isn't that wild? It's, just, it's unbelievable. So it gets even worse. So of these... 57 supplements that they tested, seven of them, so that's 13%, actually contained at least one ingredient that's prohibited by the Food and Drug Administration. And most of them were synthetic stimulants. Doesn't, I mean, I, I know that supplements aren't as regulated. Oh, we're going to get to that. So. You're really smart. That's a great question. <laughs> no, you're right. Like, right? That's the next question that comes up, right? Yeah. It's like, how can this be legal? It's because they're not. I mean, they're yep. just throwing stuff on... I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna ruin the surprise for you. So you're, you're on the right track. So the Food and Drug Administration considers these to be in the category of foods, yeah, not drugs or medicines. And that makes a huge difference because foods are not regulated near to the amount that drugs are. And so that's why they can kind of get away with this because there's really not that much oversight. You know, yeah. since it's considered a food product, there's no one checking to make sure that, hey, it's like is this- like a vitamin. Yeah. Vitamins aren't regulated that well either, right? Are they? I don't know. I'd I have to look. So. I'm not 100 sure. But yeah, what's what's crazy? Uh, besides the fact that half of these didn't have, or almost half didn't have any of the product in that they said that they had in them. A little over 10 percent of them had something that was prohibited because they're considered harmful. Yeah. And they were synthetic stimulants, and and those are have potential cardiac issues. So pretty wild stuff. I mean, that's a you know if you if you know anybody that takes sports supplements, you should, you know, give a heads up that they really need to do some, some research to see, has somebody actually looked at this product? Is there any research paper out there that looks at this particular brand to see if, if actually what you're getting is, yeah. is in there yeah. or are you getting something that's harmful? So uh, pretty, pretty big study there that did they say what type of supplement it was? It was pills, powders. It said like, oh, okay. what do you mean? Like the brand or like how it was 
just like like was it pre-workout was it protein was I didn't it say that. no oh, okay. the protein ones i i is not what they were looking for these are like more substance uh uh, supplements that would uh, maybe give like a certain result, like cutting, you know, cutting your physique or something like that. I think mm -hmm. the protein ones are, are probably pretty decent. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, protein is protein. Uh, it's mostly whey protein, I think. And so, you know, I yeah. don't think that... Whey or plant. Plant, yeah. Plant's gross. But you'll have to look. Uh, remember those five names and see if any of those ones... I'll remember that... vomit for sure. <laughs> vomit. Who would name that vomitory? I just... I want to meet the person that did that and ask, why did you do that? Just, all these names are really odd. Yeah, vomitoria, methylobarium. Probably means something in like Latin or something. I just really feel like even if the Latin was vomitoria, that I would think pick a different name. Probably. I but maybe, like, I, maybe they had a sense of humor. Maybe so. I mean, that, <laughs> that is probably, probably it. But, but yeah, so if you, have, you know people that take supplements, you know, maybe direct them towards this video to just inform them that that they might not be getting what they think they're getting and they potentially could be getting some something harmful. So yeah. I would have never guessed that, but it makes sense. I mean, you know, when you think, okay, well, it's, it's, it's classified as a food, it's not regulated. You know, people are shady. You know, there's people out there doing shady stuff in all kinds of different areas. So why would yeah. supplements well, be? I know pre-workout definitely affects your body. Like sometimes it'll make, for me, it'll make my hands itchy. It'll make my face itchy. It's probably because you're getting those stimulants. Well, it does it to everybody most of the time. Oh, it doesn't. Uh -huh. I used it when and I some people really it makes worked them out. Like, huh? Some people it makes them like uh, jittery. Well, jittery, but other people it like makes them like poo their pants. Oh wow! <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I don't know what it is. Except I mean, maybe if you take it like on an empty stomach or something. That's gotta be embarrassing, like when you're at the gym and just like crap yourself. Like, I would probably not take the supplement that. Well, you lift in weights. You're like, hold on. Well, and you know you have like all that like pressure, <laughs> right? right? When you're lifting just weights, like you get that kind of. Like that, yeah. that kind of bowel movement pressure. And yeah, I mean, I, I definitely am not taking the supplement that makes me poop. I don't <laughs> want that. It's not a fun day. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I look bad <laughs> enough in the gym because, you know, I'm not like buff or anything. I'm like, like struggling. Like, you know, the girls are like laughing at me. And then if I crap myself, I mean. Uh, yeah. Nobody's laughing at you. What are you talking about? <laughs> I actually used to work out a lot. I was never big, but I mean, I was definitely in better shape than somebody I literally I was at the bank yesterday and somebody literally was like do you work out and I was like yes I do <laughs> I mean you you look you look like you work out. I mean that in a nice way not like, I know but I just thought it was funny yeah no you totally because that, that was the first time somebody was just like I always would get you know, you, you know you're a runner I'm like me. yeah I am a runner like I was kind of you know sleek like a gazelle mm, gazelles are not strong right they're fast <laughs> yeah all right Okay, well, let me know what you think about that. <laughs> also, if you guys have any topics that you would like us to talk about on the show, we'd love to hear it. Just leave us a comment, and we will have them in an upcoming episode. So I think that's all the time we got for today. Yep. It was a good one. I want to hear about those supplements that you take. Oh, I'm going to look it up, like, right now. All right. Let I me just... know. See you guys next week. Take care. Bye.